The word repentance scares a lot of people to death. Just the very word, repentance, it's just frightening that uh, people will say, well, what, what does that mean, repent, repent? That means I got to confess all my sins and tell everybody what's going on in my life? Not at all. But the Bible says it's a necessity in our lives to repent. If we don't repent, the Bible says we will perish. Well, let's see what all of this means. When we read from the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, we read a verse that's very clear. Listen, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now, here we see a word to God's people. He says we need from time to time to repent. We are to turn and get things right. We drift, and we don't know where we're going and what we're doing when we get there. And so the Lord speaks to us in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, in Luke chapter 13, verses 3 through 4, I tell you, nay, but except you repent, you will all likewise perish. Of those 18 upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwell in Jerusalem? This scripture, without me having the time to exegete it like I would like to, refers to the fact that in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, we have example after example after example of people that get out of the will of God or they don't know where God's going or uh, surely maybe the reason they're not following him, they don't know where he's going. They haven't read the scripture. They haven't had a personal communication time with the Lord. So they don't know how to follow. We love the darkness in this generation. People flock to darkness. But the Lord says, I'm the light of the world. Lift me up. And I will draw people unto me. I want you to think of repentance today as not just for the mean, vile sinner that so willingly does everything to hurt people, is out in some kind of rebellious sin, and there's this about face, and the word repent is, is a military word to about face. And in all of this, we get confused as to the complete meaning of the word repentance. So I want to try to explain that to you today because except we repent, we're going to perish. It doesn't matter. Even if you're a Christian, you're not going to be what God wants you to be until you walk in the direction God wants you to walk and do what God wants you to do as a believer. And we drift around and we get lost and we get to headed in the wrong direction then we don't understand why am I not happier than I am? What in the world is going on in my life? Seems like everything's going bad today and I'm a baptized believer. What is wrong? All through the scripture, the word repent is used from Genesis to Revelation. All through the scripture, there's a warning on what I'm talking about today. Of, and repentance is so important in the life of a non-believer, but it's also important in the life of a believer. And that's what I want you to stay tuned to. The Bible says, except you repent, you will all likewise perish. 
When a Christian does some things that God did not lead them to do, but they chose to go with the world and they get the consequences of what the world has to offer, you can't go back and blame God. He did not lead you into that sin. You chose to walk away from him. You chose the way of the world. You prayed a prayer. You were baptized. You joined the church. You were confirmed, whatever you want to use. But yet in your life, at some point in time, you have chosen to go back to the old way because you know that, well, I know I've been baptized, so I'm going to go to heaven. That's all I care about. I'm just going to fight the fight here, and I know I'm going to heaven. You need to be careful. You need to stop and give this some very, very serious thought because the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. That doesn't mean just if you're not a believer. The way of a believer that transgresses against the Word of God is a hard life. You pay the price for rebelling against God's will for your life. And it matters not to your religious affiliation. It has to do with your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Because you see, when you become a Christian, you make a choice. You make a choice, I'm not going to follow the world, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm not going to walk in darkness, I'm going to walk in light. I am not going to wander like a drunk in the fog. I am going to focus on Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. And I want to live the good life, and the good life is taking up your cross and following Jesus Christ. You remember in Matthew 3, 1 and 2, where the Lord spoke and said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. These people were alive. He said, You're drifting. You're going every kind of direction. People don't know you're even a follower of mine. You live just like they live. You've got to repent. Don't think that joining the church and getting baptized saved anybody. What saved you was when you confessed that you were lost and nobody taught you to be uh, bad. You just came that way. Amen. Your grandmother and your favorite aunt still worked on you to try to make you good, but nobody had to teach you to be bad. That's 100% true. But God loves sinners. God has a plan for your life. God wants you to walk in obedience to his command. And when you're not walking in obedience to his command, even if you're a believer, except you repent, you're going to perish. You're going to pay for it. It's going to hurt you when you choose to rob God of the finances that he gives you. When you choose to rob God of his time to bring us into the house of worship on the first day of the week, let every one of you Lay by in stories, God has prospered him. But on the Sabbath day, come and worship him. But we neglect those things and we put them aside. And the Bible says, if we don't understand what that word means, you don't just repent once. You repent every time you acknowledge the fact that you are not walking with God any longer. But listen, repentance... It's when you turn from the world and turn to God. And when you start walking away from God, and you know when you are, nobody has to tell you what is wrong. God tells you that. But you have to follow his word. Simon Peter, 
What an incredible personality. Preached on the day of Pentecost. And here's what he said in Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of your sin. There's no exceptions in the Bible. No substitute, I should say, for the word repentance. You cannot, you cannot change and keep walking the same way you're talking. You say, I'm, I'm not going to change anything, but I'm going to change as far as the way I'm going. I'm going away from God, but I'm going to do this, and I'm not going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm not going to do that. No, that's not repentance. Repentance comes when you are totally focused on him. When your hard decisions are made with one question, Lord, what would you have me to do? Do I take it or do I leave it? Do I go with the group or do I stay behind and pray for the group? Lord, I want to follow you. And every believer that's here, including the preacher, know that there have been times in our life when we drifted or maybe consciously made a bad decision to walk away from his will. You don't get by with it when you're a follower of Jesus. Let me tell you, you may not discipline your kids any longer because you say that's changed. Let me tell you what God hadn't changed. Don't you think for one minute God won't give you a holy spanking if you're one of his kids. Amen? Amen. Good. I'm glad I'm not the only sinner here today. <laughs> that's the way God is. God's got a plan for you, and he's not going to let you miss that plan. He's going to do anything he can. He's going to teach you, show you, give you some examples, encourage you, provide for you. He's paid the way with his own blood. But if you don't follow him, and if you're not following him, believer or non-believer, except you repent, you're going to perish. Before our Lord died, here's what he told his disciples. Repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all the nations. He said, go preach the gospel to the world. Because what's true in America is true in Russia, Korea, China, South America, name your country. All of the heavens and all the earth belongs to him. He's king of kings and he's lord of lords. We are his children if we're born again. But he does not forsake his own. He does not let us wander in darkness. It's called conviction. When a believer sins, they are convicted. Believers sin, but they quit enjoying sin. And if you enjoy sin, you, you need to look and see if you ever really became a believer. Because God's people love the things of God. Sometimes they don't choose right. Sometimes even with good intentions, they make the wrong decision. But when they do, they pay for it. We all do. Second Peter 3, 9 says, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, that's the key word. That's the key word for you this morning. There are many that are listening to me right now and you are walking in darkness even though you're a baptized member of a church. This one or some others. But you're walking in darkness. 
You do not make decisions based on what God wants for you. You make decisions on what you want for yourself. And when you start doing that, we're like little children. We make bad decisions. If we don't help our children eat, they can make bad decisions. If we don't help our children determine what they watch and what they listen to, they can make bad decisions. If we don't know who their friends are, they can choose wrong friends. The choice is up to us. Either we walk in obedience to God or if we say we know God and we do know God, but we're not walking with God, then we make it right and repent and start walking with God. And that's the way it works in every single situation. Let me tell you something. Number one. Religion is not a substitute for repentance. I do not care what your religion is. It does not substitute for repentance. God doesn't look at us as to what religion we are. He looks at us. Are we obedient and live in obedience or do we live in disobedience? That's what he looks at. Religion. We argue about religions. We turn blue in the face. People can just mention certain religious words and somebody else just gets furious. That's not what Christianity is all about. That's not what Jesus thought. He didn't come to make religions. He came to bring people to himself. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. It's there. It's there. You can enjoy the journey or you can endure the journey. I tell you, people that, are, that have been baptized in churches, some of them are the most unhappy people I've ever met in my life. Not only are some of them unhappy, they mean. They just downright mean. Yes, but bless God, I'm a, I am a member of the Baptist church and have been for 45 years. That won't get you anywhere. But one drop of the blood of Jesus will. And when you're washed in the blood... And you know whose blood it is. That's who you worship. That's who you follow. That's the one that can raise the dead. If you're grieving right now, if you're sick, he is the great physician. We've got to repent of so many things. Our bitterness. Our stinginess. Our laziness. Our refusal to learn the scriptures. I mean, we go on and on and on. Now, here's what 2 Timothy says about religion. It's in the 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Amen. They have a form of godliness. That's religion. That's religion. Every generation, religion. You can start a church. You can get a charter. You can get a 501c3. You can do whatever you want to. But the Lord says... This is his church. This is, this is the, the bylaws. This is the constitution. This is his church. And he wants us to be his church. That's who we are. Do you know that most people, according to the reading that I have done, and others Books have been written years gone by, and they've they've never changed. And that is, most Christians don't really know 
the status of their spiritual condition. They wouldn't know revival if they saw one. They would not know backslid if they were in it. They don't understand spiritual condition. Every Christian is not happy. Every Christian is not healthy. Every Christian is not wealthy. Every Christian is not the same. Don't spend your time arguing religions. If you've ever talked to me, I don't argue religions. It's not about religion. Well, I'm of this, I'm of that. Well, God bless you. We're, either, we're all sinners. That's the only thing we have in common. We're all sinners. And we all have to decide who can take care of sin. Only one I know happens to be Jesus. It doesn't have to be any, any denomination. It doesn't have to be any culture. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He's the only one that tells me and has revealed that he cleanses from all sin. And that's from all people, too, their sin, if they choose to let him. Aren't you glad that the heart surgeon in heaven, every single case, he heals? Think about it. Never lost one. Getting our heart right with God. He is truly the great physician. I think the reason that a lot of us don't have revival in our life is we're like an airplane taking off downwind. I don't know if you've ever had that experience before. I have not, but I've talked to three people that did. It's not a good idea. If the wind's blowing this way, you want the plane coming the other way. You may have your flaps right. You may have the motor running, the right RPMs. You might be on the right runway. You might be at the right left-off speed, and you might be sincere as a pilot. But if you're going downwind, hold on, because you're going the wrong way. And we got a lot of religious people that are running downwind. They take the easy, easy way. As the wind blows, I goes. You know? Just, I don't know what I'm going to do this weekend. What are y'all going to do? Well, we're going to go out and get drunk and party, party, party. Sounds good to me. Let's go get them. Monday, you wake up in jail and wonder, what happened to me? You took off downwind. You need to find out what God's up to do on the weekend and get in on it. That's called revival, and that's good. Sometimes we try spiritual tools. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get right with God. I'm going to start reading three chapters a day, five on Sunday. I'm going to read this whole Bible through. Good idea, but it won't do anything about your sin unless you put it to practice what you read in the book. Now, coming to church, you didn't get a point today for coming. Well, then I won't come back next week. But I'd be lying to you. God doesn't grade that way. He just says, are you today where I want you to be? And if you are, God's got a blessing in store for you. The word repent, not downwind, turn up wind. Turn around, move in the right direction. Now, repentance is first a heart change. We have to get our heart right before we can change. We have to get right inside before we start doing right outside. As long as we are wrong inside, we will never get it right on the outside. Many try to be like other people. Don't do that. To be like Jesus, that's what you want. What would Jesus do? Not what would John or Mary do. What would Jesus do? That's what you want to do. Another counterfeit is regret. 
you feel sorry for your sin. Well, I mean, if it's really a bad one, you'll get a Kleenex out. You'll have a 15-minute cry. I don't know why I did that. I should have been smarter to do that. Well, I feel better now. I'm ready to go at it again. The regret won't get it. Feeling sorry for your sin doesn't save you. It doesn't get things right. You've got to take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. You've got to be washed in the blood. You can't do it yourself. You have to do it God's way. People can't witness your repentance. Only God can. I don't know when you've repented and you don't know when I've repented. But God knows when I've repented and God knows when you've repented. And you will be the second to find it out. Because old things pass away and the Bible says all things become new. God alone knows when a person has repented. You can say, I'm repenting, but God knows the heart. God knows the mind. God knows the conscience. Do you mean it or are you trying to manipulate God? 2 Corinthians 7.10, for godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Just saying, I am sorry, won't get it. You have to say, I was wrong. I made a mistake. But Lord, I'm coming home. And the prodigal son story is our story where the father ran out to meet his runaway boy and welcomed him back home. And that's what he'll do for you and for me. Tears and guilt won't get it. Won't get it. And a third thing that's counterfeit is just a reflection. Felix thought seriously about Paul's sermon, but he, he, never, he never repented. It's not enough to get under conviction. I know sometimes you come to church and say, you know, I kind of got blessed. I kind of like this. I kind of like that. Didn't care for this. Didn't care for that. that. That's not what repentance is. It's good to reflect back on what you like and what you don't like, what you did and what you didn't do. But that's not repentance. Repentance is a total submission to Jesus Christ with every part of your life. No changes. No changes. Well, then what is repentance? Real quickly, number one, it's conviction. It's conviction. You ever hear that, that term, you've been convicted of a felony? What does that mean? You've been convicted of a misdemeanor? The first thing that starts repentance is conviction. Conviction means I did it. I regret I did it. I hurt because I did it. I'm sorry that I did it. But there has to move it to the change. You've got to turn if you're going to repent. Change. That's the second thing. Not just being convicted, not just changing. You know what? I, I've got some bad habits. I'm going to change those habits. That's not repentance. 
Just changing the habit doesn't change. You need to have a conviction and say, I'm throwing it all away. I'm just going to follow Jesus. Don't know what you did and change, but who you're going to follow. That's where we got to get to. I have chosen to follow Jesus. That's the decision you have to make. I am going to move that way. Whenever we get convicted, then we can change. When we change, it's the second aspect of repentance. We acknowledge the sin. We say, I am going to change. And we make our move. And what our move leads to is God getting directly involved in our life. He comes from wherever he is and he lives within us. When repentance is real, you will change. When it is real, conviction will come upon you. I have sinned. I have played the fool. I have erred exceedingly. That's the prayer of the man of old. David repented. Paul repented. Peter repented. Have you repented? Have you ever come to that moment in your life when you came to yourself? That's the story of the prodigal. It says he came to himself and he said, I'm going home. Things at home are many times better than they are out here in this sin-sick world. I am coming home. Our thinking will never go to the point of trying to defend ourselves. We confess our sins, not defend ourselves. We turn to him and he says, welcome home, my child. I'll get out the best for you just like I did my son in the New Testament. His older brother was a terrible example to him. And he ran off. But he came home. And he came home deeply moved because he said, the pigs are better off back at the house. I'm going home. That's the way God does. He doesn't bring you home and spank you. He brings him home and picks you up and says, I love you. I loved you unconditionally when you left, and I'm going to love you unconditionally home now that you're home. But now sit down and enjoy the benefits of being my son. Did you ever think for just a minute, probably wasn't a good thought, that I wish my parents would have had more money than they did? That might not have been a good thing. I've said many times, Miss Pulpit, the happiest people I know are not the wealthiest people I've known. Wealth doesn't bring you happiness. Good health doesn't bring you happiness. Amen. Living in Houston doesn't bring you happiness. But Jesus does. Amen. I love that song, Jesus is all the world to me. My life, our hope, our joy. That's what he wants for you. When he came home, as I close, listen to me. He's not going to send you to the back room and get out his belt and give you a good spanking. What did the prodigal's father do? He said, kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a party. We're not going to get drunk. We're going to thank God that you came home. This is going to center on you. Welcome home. Welcome home. And for my brothers and sisters in Christ that have drifted out, and you have gone after other gods, you have become a part of the culture. In the last 50 years, American culture of Christians has changed dramatically. 
And now almost anything goes among Christians because God wants us to be happy, happy, happy and have a good time. You need to get back in the Bible. You need to understand God's ways are higher than man's ways. Our hope, our joy, our peace comes from him. And when you repent, the way you think, the way you feel, the things you do, the places you go, the inner circle of your friends and counselors that you get together as iron sharpens iron will totally change when you come home. My final word is, though, repentance leads to service. When you're serving the Lord, instead of waiting on people to serve you, it's a different world. When your thought is not on, when's somebody going to come and give me some attention? And you start saying, I'm going to serve. I'm going to give my attention to other people. I am going to pour my life to make their life better. I'm going to look for friends that I can bless with blessings maybe they've never enjoyed before. I'm not looking for somebody to get their business. I'm looking for somebody to bless like you did during Harvey when all of those people from all over the Christian world began to step up and began to do the houses and feed the meals and get the water and all of those kind of things. But my dear friend, the moment you believe that you can be a child of God and live like the world and have an attitude the world has towards other people, you get in a very serious situation. Once we give our heart to Jesus and follow him, Jesus went about doing good. Jesus gave his life in order that whosoever will could be saved. Don't you ever leave a church because your church didn't give you what you thought they should have if they'd have been good Christians. That ought to motivate you to say, I know I'll hurt, now I'm going to get on the giving side. I'm going to call helping hands and see if I can go to work for them because I believe it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. But don't have a pity party. Just say maybe somebody else got them the money. So I'm going to rejoice with them. And you know what? God's got plenty of money. If you can see other people get happy, he can bless you. But until you see that, you're going to be, it's not going to be the sweet by and by. It's going to be the nasty now and now. Except you repent. The Bible says you're going to perish. Believers, some of us need to repent. Non-believers, all of you need to repent. Why? Because it's the door to heaven. When you say, I'm ready to die so that God can live his life in me, you're ready to be saved.